think we know what time it is. It's time to to feast. Get a good get a good meal right quick upon what it is that that the Lord excuse me that the Lord is is saying to us. Um, thank you, Lord. This is um I, I can't I can't speak for for many other ministries. That there are a few that I'm that I'm connected to quote unquote the heartbeat of uh, I know their pastors fairly well and um, we're kind of cut of the same cloth so I know that there are uh, other ministries out there that really take this particular time of feasting upon the word uh, as as serious as, as we do but what I'm getting at is is I, I want to say uh, thank you for, for your uh, value to to this time uh, of the word is is imperative and it's crucial that if we're gonna bring uh, the the dominion and the command of the king, then we have to have a grip on what he said. I gotta have a grip on what he's saying. I gotta have a grip on on what's proceeding. Remember, the scriptures tell us that that man shall not live by bread alone, but but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And and me keeping my ear to what it is that that he is saying, that that there's such power to that. And and it keeps uh, the clutches from different spirits of hardship and depression and all of those different things. It, it, It can it can keep the clutches of that away from me if I'm if I'm breathing in what it is that he, that he is saying. And so I want to I thank you for, for uh, the value that you place on this and to someone that might be joining with us and you might not have a value uh, for, for this time because, you know, you might have come up in church and this was just the most boring part of the message. You know? I mean, the most boring part of, of church or most boring part of, of the service. Uh, I, I want to challenge you. To, to really zone in on uh, on, on what, what the Lord is is saying in this time because this this is uh, one of the many ways that the Lord uses to communicate to to his people it is when uh, the the book is broken into when when the the love letter that he gave to us is broken into and and we get to extrapolate a piece we get to pull a piece out and, and, and dig into it. If you, if you haven't noticed, uh, we, we only get one book. You have never noticed, like, I never come from another book. He only gave us one that's comprised technically of 66, but it's, but it's all in one. And in, in that one, there's always something to examine and explore. So I'm just, I'm just saying that, I guess, to, to, to uh, build up our expectation of when this time comes to us and there's something that that the Lord is is saying to us and, and today is is no different we're still in uh, the cross uh, on, on my soul I hope it's been hope it's been blessing you 
moving on to the to the next uh, installment, still in the wheel. I think we're I think we're coming to a close. Uh, today might quite possibly be be uh, the the closing of this particular part. Remember uh, the cross on my soul, uh, our definite working definition of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, and the heart. We work through the mind. We're going through the wheel right now, which is the seat of our decisions and choices where we make our decisions and, and, and choices about life, the different things that we choose, what's important, what's not important, is actually where we're going uh, today and examining uh, that that uh, the, the criteria or what it takes for me to be able to properly discern what's important in, in a moment. And uh, my subject for, for today is uh, choose wisdom. Choose wisdom. That's, that's the... Uh, the subject for today and I'm going to ask that everyone uh, we got a few places in Proverbs that we're going to be going but first I need everybody to turn to Luke chapter 10 please Luke chapter 10 we're going to start with the uh, 39th verse not going to read it quite yet but uh, go ahead and turn there got a little bit of groundwork that I want to lay first and a couple of the scriptures that, that I will go to in reference before we get to Luke 10, but you can go ahead and turn there. So the cross on my soul, still on the wheel, decisions and choices, choose wisdom. Let's pray right quick. Father, we thank you uh, for the chance once again to be fed from your table. Thank you, first off, that there's a seat for me at the table. I don't have to squeeze in. I don't have to wait for somebody to vacate their seat and then jump in. There's one that with my name on it. There's one uh, uh, with an expectation of me being there. When, when, I, when I show up, when I walk in the room, there's someone that greets me and says, we've been expecting you. I feel the Lord on that. We've been expecting you. I know you might not have felt valuable. I, I know you might have had things said to you in the past uh, based off of error, based off of how you uh, were as a kid. They made you feel like nobody was expecting you. No, you got a seat at this table because there's something that we need to talk about that's concerning you. And we thank you, Lord, for inviting us to the table that we might eat of the bread life. Bread of heaven, we are asking to be fed. We know that there's something that you're going to say to us. There's something that you're going to say. It's going to shift how I see me. There's something that you're going to say. It's going to shift how I see others. There's something that you're going to say that's going to transform my life. There's something that's going to say that might sting, might hurt in the moment, but I know you don't do that without a purpose and an intended end. And so Holy Spirit, we make space for you. No one does it better than you. So we ask for you to come and teach and reprove and correct and instruct and inspire. All with the same word. It's amazing how you do it. I'm still amazed every time. And I ask, Lord, that you would help me preach and deliver it in the same way that it was given to me. This is such a sensitive subject of my heart because it's an area that I just have such, such a, a, a longing in my life personally. I want to be a wise man. Be foolish. I want to be wise. And I know that's the heartbeat of those that I'm talking to. So, Holy Spirit, we ask for your wisdom. And I thank you that everyone 
under the sound of my voice, including the one who is talking. We're walking away strengthened. We're walking away empowered by what thus says the Lord. And it's in the matchless, mighty, strong name of Jesus we pray. Somebody shout amen. 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 Let's do, let's do some work. Give me a few minutes here to break open. Uh, as I said in the prayer, there are areas that, that might sting. Uh, if it stings too bad, just let me know. I'll get you a Band-Aid uh, or something. But um, there's some things that, that, we do need to, that we do need to talk about. But it's kind of going to have two kind of just that fireside chat approach. Uh, may holler one or two times, but either way, something to be said. Choose wisdom. We're choosing wisdom. Start off with this first statement. We want wisdom, or an appetite for wisdom is created, one being wise. It's, it's something attractive uh, at, at its core so that we can make right decisions and right choices. And, and anyone who has an appetite to, to be wise is usually correlated with I want to be able to make right decisions. When, when I come up uh, to, to a fork in the road in, in my life, when I come up to a fork where, where a decision, a decisive decision has to be made, I, I want to have something in my repertoire that's going to help me to be able to choose which one is, is, the, right, is the right one. Because I don't, I don't want to live a life to where I'm constantly stumbling uh, upon uh, rock after rock, mistake after mistake, and then having to spend other precious time in cleanup mode and then have to play catch up to be, to be able to move forward in, in what God has, has had for me. There's a lot of people who uh, may come to the Lord later in their life, and that's one of the roadblocks, if you will, that they have to overcome. It is, uh, I have wasted so much time in my youth, wasted so much time back then. Now I've got to play catch up. Now that I have uh, gotten the revelation of truth, I feel like I got to play catch up and I don't have uh, the time left, don't have the resources, don't have the capability of being able to get to where someone else who got started earlier before me will be able to get to. Now from a natural standpoint, that is true, but what we are having a conversation about is a supernatural. God and he told us within his scriptures that with his cape with his ability and capabilities he is able to restore what it was that might have been lost or what it was that might have been eaten so this is my first point is not even right here but just as I feel it go ahead and do it anybody who might be feeling or struggling through something like that we need not worry or use precious energy going in the direction of you don't have any time left or you don't have the days left that you need to get accomplished what God has told you to accomplish that's not a concern the concern is in making sure that whenever the fork of the road comes to within my life that I choose wisdom because wisdom is the differentiating factor that is able to in actuality make up for lost time it's wisdom which then flip the script on somebody who's got a, a lot of time if they use the excess of time in non-wisdom 
then we'll find ourselves in the situation and then they will be the one who's older in years and now we're having the cycle all over again. This is why we've got to, from the jump, be able to choose wisdom. But me to be able to choose wisdom, I've actually got to be exposed to it. So making right decisions and choices lead to the life that we see ourselves living. So, so I'm only attracted to wisdom because I want it so that I make the right decision. Me making right decisions and choices is what is going to lead to me living the life that I see myself living. In order for me to get from where I am right now to what it is that God has revealed to me, there's a series of decisions and choices that are going to have to be made. I need access to wisdom in order to do that properly. But now we've got to ask the question, what is the measuring rod for what a right decision or a choice is? What's, what, what, what are we using as the measurement? Because if, if, if we're just using morality, then that's subjective and based off of whatever I think morality is or you think morality is whatever I define as good or whatever you define as good but we got to make sure that we make it clear before we jump off this launching pad of this conversation that the parameter and the measuring rod that we I'm talking about us those who subscribe to the belief of Jesus Christ being Lord and Savior and being king of their life and we are kingdom citizens citizens of a heavenly country we have to use what he said his word Hence why going back again, see how, see how the whole service is, is, is blending together like it is? I have to go back to the remembrance of what did he say. Concerning all situations, all circumstances, everything that I'm, coming, that I'm coming up to or coming up against within life, I've got to make sure that I have some sense of remembrance or if I can't remember or, or there's nothing that's been said to me, I've got to go on the hunt. What does he say concerning this? What does he say concerning this? Because in order to get a hold to what does he say concerning this, I've got to make sure that it's coming from his word. Coming from his word. That is the measuring rod that, that we're going to use. Now, let's backtrack a little bit. I should have said this first, but I apologize. I just got excited and, and jumped ahead of myself. The, the cross on my soul. I want to make sure that, that with the series that we, that we keep the theme going so you can kind of see the sequence and the sequential order of the conversation that we're trying to have. Remember, the, the cross on my soul, it, it got started at Easter, that the revelation of the cross, the revelation of the finished work that took place on Calvary, that, that being made alive within me, when, when I accept that as my truth and salvation becomes mine, and, and, I, and I am a part of his kingdom. My sin is no longer mine to bear. I have exchanged it for his righteousness. It has to change the area of my soul, which is the area that I, that I live from in my day-to-day -day life. It, it has to cause a change and a shift. If it does not, you are not benefiting from what Calvary did. You're just carrying a badge. You're just wearing a necklace. You're just wearing a T-shirt. You just go to church, but you're not able to really take advantage in a real way of what it was that, that, Cal that Calvary took place of. So, so what, what, one of the things that happens in, in, in line with this conversation, what I'm trying to say is the cross, the finished work of the cross has to be able to go deep enough to where it starts to penetrate my value system. 
It has to dig into my value system. That, that simply said, that just means what I find as important and not important now has to be shifted and changed because of the revelation of the cross. What used to be important can no longer hold the seat, or occupy the space in my mind and my heart that it used to now that this new truth has become alive within me. This is one of the ways that it shows that, that, that uh, something has actually shifted and changed within me. The cross changes our value system and decisions and choices are driven by what we value. Every, listen, every decision and choice that you make, you only make it based off of what you value in the moment. And if I don't like where my life has gone up until this point, I just got to check what it was I was valuing in that time. And thanks to the revelation of the cross, now I have been freed from a value system that, that was dug into sin and dug into non-truth. Now a new value system comes upon me. Therefore, I'm now inspired and empowered to make better decisions. Woo! This is huge for a brother like me. Why? Because I want to live a life that means something. And here it is, God is laying out a blueprint for me to be able to get that done. For me to be able to leave something behind long after this guy is gone. And my kids and grandkids only have photos in which they can look at. Living out this pattern is how we're able to leave something else behind. So good, so good. Changes the cross changes my focus onto what really matters. The, the, no, the number one reason why I believe that, that this happens is because the cross took care of took care of what mattered most. The bloodshed took care of what mattered most. We, you know what? Prior to the bloodshed, we probably could have looked at people and in our definition of good, found good people in the earth. We could have found people taking care of the homeless. We could have found people who were willing to give uh, clothes that they don't wear anymore to somebody who didn't have clothes. We could have found somebody who, who, took, who took somebody in and, and, and took care of them and different things like that. We could have found good Samaritans. In fact, there was a good Samaritan that the story was told about. Jesus told the story, so he hadn't gone to the cross yet. So obviously, there were good people that were walking the earth and those that we would look at and say, you're a good person, you do good things, and all of that. But all of that good deed and good deediness did not take care of what the real issue was. The real issue did not get taken care of until the bloodshed took place. So the bloodshed has to have a huge emphasis and focus made on it. And when the revelation becomes alive within me, it has to have just as much impact to where it starts to shift and change everything about me. And for this conversation today, we're looking at the decisions and choices and giving me access to be able to move in a more wise way. The cross, next point, the cross frees me to be able to be influenced by the spirit of wisdom. Miss Sylvia Saint sang it this morning. I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. You've been free, freed from what? 
the, the, the influence of sin. Been freed from the influence of darkness, which, watch this, keeps me constantly focused on me. Keeps me constantly focused on what's going on within my world. And it's not just freed, to, freed from that to be influenced by the spirit of wisdom. Because wisdom, yes, is a spirit. But wisdom, digging down to the greatest core, is a person. I don't know if you believe me. I'm just going to roll. I'm just going to let the text do the talk. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 to 24. I don't have it on the screen. I'm just going to read it. But we preach the crucified Messiah. The Jews stumble over him, and the rest of the world sees him as foolishness. But for those who have been chosen to follow him, both Jews and Greeks, he is God's mighty power. Watch this. God's true wisdom and our Messiah. This is Paul talking about Jesus and saying that Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the very definition of God. So, so when I come up on a situation, when I come up on a time that a decision of some kind needs to be made and, and God gives me ability to tap into uh, the wisdom that he gives, it's not, it's not necessarily him just giving me some advice. It's the Lord giving me access to himself in a moment when a decision needs to be made. This is so good. The Lord himself reveals and opens himself to me whenever a decision of some kind needs to be made. The cross gives access to the life that is free from a value system based solely in our performance. It's another strong point. Based solely in performance. That's something else that sin left behind with us. It was always performance driven. It was always approval driven. It's always I need to do this so whoever it is I'm doing it for will be pleased and happy with me. That's a value system. That's a value system that starts to lead me in as long as I do good, I am good. But when I do not do good, I am not good. That's the wrong value system. And that's not a value system that comes from heaven. And that's why we needed the interruption of the cross to break that within us so that we no longer are being driven by a value system that calls for me to have to perform and get everything right all the time. I don't need a value system that moves me like that because it's absolutely impossible for me to die all my eyes and cross all my T's every day and all the time. I've got to have another value system that says that it's not based on performance. It's not based on what you do. It's based on who you are and who you're found in. Who I am and what I'm found in. So the cross gives access to the life that is free from a value system based solely in performance, which then, watch this now, it's key, which then makes me free to perform or work as intended. Why? Catch me now. You still have a work. You still have a, for lack of a better term, performance. It's just, I'm just using that to mean work. There's an assignment. There's an assignment that you still have. But if you go into that assignment with the wrong value system, if you go into that assignment with a performance-based value system, then whenever as you are on pursuit of, of that assignment and you get it wrong, because you're going to, it's just, it's just a part of life. When you get it wrong on your way to the assignment, then you will start to think that you're not worthy of the assignment. 
And assignments are not given out of heaven and not given from the throne of God based on whether you are approved of it or not. It's based off of the decree that comes from heaven over your life. I've said it once and it bears repeating. No one gets it to the earth on accident. You don't just get here because you want to come here. You have to be assigned here. All people who come into the earth carrying the Imago Dei, carrying the image of God, they carry it because there is an assignment that is on their life and we need to have you, need you to have the correct value system which is not based in performance but based in his love so that you're able to be empowered to do the work that he's actually called you to do. Because if you perform and do it as you are intended, you will not do it for approval. You will do it for purpose. I do it because it's my assignment. I flow in this because this is what he's called me to do. And until he called me to do something else, I'm giving this all that I've got. And I don't do it right all the time, but I know that there's a grace that's there. I don't, I don't get it right all the time, but I know that there's mercy there. I don't get it right all the time, but I know that, that he's not looking at this based off of my performance. Because truth be told, he could perform or do this way better than me. Or he could find someone else that actually could perform and do it better. But he didn't do that. He chose me, so evidently there's something else that's a driving force here. And he wants to give me an opportunity to choose differently not choose based off of performance but choose based off of his wisdom choosing based off his wisdom are we, are we tracking I just want to make sure that we're flowing not, not confused they're talking about choosing wisdom which is what it is that he gives liberally James chapter 1 classic verse any man lacks wisdom let him do what ask ask of God who gives? Why, why do we have a need to be told that? Why can't we just stop with the fact that he gives it? Because there's a limitless supply of wisdom. And remember, wisdom is not just a spirit. It's not just a thing. It's a person. So the Lord is actually saying, I give me. You want me? Call for me. You want me, just make the call. And I give of me. I give of me. So decisions and choices. I want to be wise within that to make right decisions and choices. And a part of making those, I have to have my value system shifted. And when my value system is shifted, what the old one did not give me the ability to do was be able to identify in a moment what carries the most weight and what is most important. Every time, look, if you do a study and you see, just look at the life of Jesus. Anywhere where the Lord was put in a corner, if you will, where a decision had to be made, he always chose what was most important. What was most important? I'm going to just give you one right here, John chapter 4. John chapter 4, Pastor A.B., correct me if I'm wrong. The Lord starts out with a statement saying, I need go to Samaria. Now, geographically, for where it was that he was trying to get to, that was the long route. He, he went literally out of his way to, to get 
to, to the end, or from a city perspective now, for the city that he was trying to go to, he went the long route. Yeah, he made the statement in John chapter 4, I need go to Samaria. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You, you can read John chapter 4 and see exactly why he went there. But he went there because there was somebody that he was wanting to meet. Somebody that he had to meet. Now, from a logical standpoint, if I'm one of his disciples and he's told me that we need to go to this city, I am going to be logically thinking of how quick can we get there? What's the shortest route? Yet, could it be possible that because he is the essence of the wisdom of God, that he knew that although we're going to eventually get to this intended end, there's something else that needs to take place. There, there's something else that's got to happen. So, so I've got to put in a pause. I've, I've, I've got to put in a comma. I've got to put in a, a, a semicolon in this place right here to show that it's, it's not finished. It's not that this is my intended end, but I got to make sure that I take this route so that this could be taken care of. And I just want to say to us that it could be the wisdom of God that's working and flowing in your life that might have caused a comma or a bit of a detour from where it is that you know that you're intending to go. Yeah, God's going to get you to the intended end and to the intended destination. But could it be that the wisdom has interrupted and interjected within this moment so that there's something else more powerful that could take place? Because had the Lord not gone to that well and sat there and waited for that woman so that that transformative power moment could happen within her life, an entire city would have missed out on the fullness of the Messiah that they had been waiting on. The wisdom of God can be interjected and is interjected Dejected in a way in the hopes that I would choose and decide to flow and follow with it. You have an opportunity to choose wisdom today. Wisdom is wisdom. What is his wisdom exactly? It's his way. It's his nature. It's how he decides. And we've been given access to that. And, and what it does, as, as I just said, is not, it's not just deciding and choosing better. It is deciding and choosing what is most important. You always have a most important factor in every decision. Every decision, there's one that is most important. Every last one of them. You, you never have one where they're all average. None. There's always one. That's most important. G give me uh, Matthew 23, please, uh, Tristan. Let me give this last one, and then we're going to jump into Luke 10. You thought I forgot. No, I didn't. I know what I told you. Luke 10. Matthew 23, 23, 23. this, this um, lines up and really says well what it is that we're talking about. Great sorrow awaits you religious scholars and Pharisees. This is Jesus talking to them and uh, pulling out a pretty strong point about them. Great sorrow awaits you uh, religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and pretenders, for you are obsessed with peripheral issues. Peripheral issues. Things that are not as close to you as you make them appear that they are. 
You are so obsessed with them, like insisting on paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in your gardens. Now watch this. Watch how, watch how the Lord does, does uh, bring some sense of comfort. These matters are fine, yet you ignore the most important duty of all. To walk in the love of God, to display mercy to others, and to live with integrity. Readjust. Readjust your values. What does the cross do? What was it that they rejected? Readjust your values and place first things. First, the cross gives me the value adjustment. And in doing so, now I will both take care of the things that are fine. I'm not going to let those slip. But they are no longer the priority that I use from my performance system. These jokers and brothers were performers all the way. Absolute performance. And just working from their religion. Trying to get approval. When the system of heaven doesn't work that way. It works in a way to where it gives me an opportunity to embrace the wisdom of God. Which then gives me access to being able to choose what is most important. And as we see right here, the Lord is uh, totally obsessed with what is most important within a moment. Now. Luke 10. We still good? We still tracking? All right. This, this, this is good meat to me, fam. So if nobody else is enjoying it, I'm, I'm, I'm getting very, very happy up here. Luke chapter 10. Now we're about to look at an actual, uh, uh, actual illustration of, of seeing the, the, the most important factor. To, to see seeing the wisdom of God at work in, in an actual situation. So we're looking at uh, verses 30, uh, 39, 38, 39 to, to 42. In this particular part, this is Jesus interacting with uh, Mary and Martha, who are the sisters of Lazarus. This, this particular uh, portion doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Most of the time, whenever we're talking about Lazarus, Mary and Martha is always usually John 11 and, and uh, Lazarus being raised from the dead. But there was something that actually happened before then. So let's take a look at that. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. Next verse, 40. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus, interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair? My sister left me to do all this work by myself. You should tell her, get up, help me. Next verse. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha. Anytime there's a, there's a, there is a uh, double name call, it's actually a sign of covenant in, in the scriptures. Abraham, Abraham, 
Jacob, Jacob, Isaac, Isaac. You, you, you can see it laced throughout scripture and it shows that, that there's a, a relationship that's, that's developing. So, so this ain't Jesus' first time being around them. That's what I'm getting at. Martha, Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Fork in the road. Many choices and decisions that could have been made. My beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Give me uh, 41, please. Go back to 41. Yes. Lord, answer her. Martha, Martha, why are you upset and troubled and pulled away by all these distractions? Are they really that important? The Lord was not saying, Martha, you are wrong. Martha, you are incorrect. You chose wrong. It's not that. Remember, there is a work. There is a call. There is a purpose. There's an assignment that I have. But for the moment that they were in, there was something else that pierced up to make itself the most important. What Martha was doing was important, but it did not categorize as the most important. And what I'm saying to us is the revelation of the cross bearing itself on my soul gives me the ability to be able to choose in a moment what is most important. And look at the comfort of the Lord and how he brings this to her attention. It's not a reprimanding situation, but it is almost like, um, thank you, Lord, the, the, the Psalm 23, that, that his, the rod and the staff of God bring a sense of comfort. That, that's a picture of a shepherd with the sheep. He doesn't beat the sheep into correction, but he does use the rod to kind of put in a place that might bring a little sting for the moment that says that you, you're kind of off on this moment and I need you to come back. And I want to tell us that God does the same thing with us and he's pulling Martha or at least giving her an opportunity to be able to come back in this moment and say, there's something more important here, Martha, that I want you to choose and that I want you to see. And Mary has done that, and I'm not going to take that from her. I'm not taking that from her because in this moment, she's spotted by my wisdom. Watch this. It's not because she's so good. Wisdom's in the room. Wisdom's in the room. Wisdom being in the room has, has impressed upon her, Mary, to where she recognized that, that something's going on. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know he, he might be hungry and, and the guys that he's with, it, they might need to be taken care of. But let me just, just for, just for a minute, just for a minute, I, I might not do it long, but just, I, I got I to gotta soak this in here. Absorbing every revelation he shared. I, I, got, I got to hear everything that he's saying. I got to hear everything that he's saying. 
that, that was the most important factor that was in that moment. Now let's bring it home. You've got to be able to go before the Spirit of God, looking at the season that you're in and the situations that are within your life. And I'm asking wisdom. I'm asking him, asking for wisdom. What is most important in this moment? What's more important? What's the most important, Lord? Help me adjust my value system so I make sure that what is really important is something that I actually see as valuable. That I actually see it as something that's, that holds a sense of value in it. Because it can be the most important thing, but then me still not choose it because I don't see it that way. That's why you have moms and dads that when the kids leave the house there's a sense of strong regret that sits within them because they get that time of reflection and I start to see that I might not have chose what was most important in the moment that I had it or there's, there's someone that that had, had a dream, had an aspiration, and kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. I know God's calling me to this, but it's, it's too risky, and a time passes, and my moment that I had, well, that was, well, I had the energy, and I, and I, and I could have got it done. The most important. Slipping past and slipping away. But yet, because he is the restorer, the repairer of the broken breach, the one who restores with the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locusts have eaten, I now have a chance to be able to choose through his wisdom what is that good portion. Give me a 40-42 now, please. Wisdom helps to identify what is important. Mary, through the wisdom present, chose what was most important in that moment. Wisdom gives access to what's most important in every season and every moment. Wisdom helps to see the power of the moment that you are in. I know it's tough. I know it's tight. But there's a power that's in the moment that you're in. I'm letting it sink in. It's not that I don't have anything else to say. There's a power that's in the moment that you're in right now. As frustrated as you might be with the Lord. Just here to bring the question and bring it to our consideration. Could it be that wisdom is at work? That wisdom is that where? Because remember, wisdom is eternal in nature. So because wisdom is eternal in nature, it takes eternity in the scope. And God is one who does what? Declares the end from the beginning. I don't have that ability. Not in and of myself. So wisdom gets at work within my life. 
causes situations to happen that I might not understand, yet I'm given access to it, to him, to the spirit of wisdom. Which when I make that decision and that choice to embrace the lifestyle of wisdom, which is inclusive of my decisions, but, but, but when, when my value system as to how I live and conduct life, I submit it over to wisdom, I then get access to those secret things. And the bigger picture starts to be uh, put in a panoramic view for me to be able to see, which then starts to diminish my worrying, diminishing my frustration, because I start, start to see the bigger picture of what it is that God is building. Choose wisdom. We got to choose wisdom. We got to choose wisdom. The wisdom of God leads us to choose the good portion. In the New King James, the text we just read said, uh, the Lord said that Mary has chose the good portion. Mary has chose the greater portion. You can only get that by way of wisdom. This isn't no what's behind door number one, door number two type thing. This is by illumination of the Spirit of God, him highlighting to you what's most important in a moment. Yeah, Pastor, but you don't know what they said to me. They disrespected me, and if they do that one more time, I'm going to have a problem. What's most important in that moment? That the love of Christ would be revealed. <laughs> Was that too real for you? Yeah, but they're not paying me what I'm worth, Pastor, and, and I'm, I'm about through with this. But what could be most important in that moment is that the Lord tell you to leave. Yeah, preacher, I'm just so tired of being lonely. I'm tired of sleeping in my bed by myself. I'm tired of, of not having companionship. When am I going to get married? When is it going to be my time? Valid question. But in wisdom, do I want to subject myself to child support? Let's just talk. Do I want to subject myself to once again having another man run out on me and leave me with his child to raise? Wisdom. Wisdom leads me in the decisions that to be made. Now, what I'm going to do right now is arrest that spirit of shame and condemnation that's trying to arrest people that might fit in the category of the examples that I just gave. This is not a beat you up session. And so that spirit that tries to tell you that I'm doing that is lying to you. That is not my heart. I carry the heart of God in this moment. And in this moment, what God is saying to us is that we have the chance to choose wisdom. Even from the moments of when uh, 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 decisions weren't made in wisdom and I didn't make the right choice and I didn't make the right decision and I'm still literally 
paying for whatever it was that might have been a decision that might have been made back then or it still uh, uh, hits me in a way to where it feels like it, it is a bit of a handicap and I wouldn't have this issue had I not made that choice. Even in that moment, you have the power of wisdom available to you now that from this moment forward, the hand of God and the force of his favor will be made available to you. I feel, I feel the presence of God. Very strong. I got a few more scriptures that, that I need to get through. I think I'm, I'm just going to read them to you, and we're, we're going to look at them and just keep going as, as we go, but I, I got to get them out. Just give me a few more minutes. Proverbs 2, please. We're talking about wisdom. I got to have it if I'm going to live the life. God's called me to live. Now, this is actually uh, Solomon actually personifying and talking about wisdom itself. Proverbs 2. My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. I have to have a value and appreciation for it. I have to have a value and appreciation for wisdom. Remember, wisdom is a person too. Anybody that's disrespected, they're not going to come around. Do, do you go somewhere where you're not valued and appreciated? No. You spend no time around people who don't have a sense of true uh, ability to value who it is that you are. Wisdom is the same way. Then and only then, when I treasure wisdom, I'm actually qualified to acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within, will you succeed. Next verse. Verse 2. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then you pass it on to your sons and your daughters. Wisdom shouldn't end with you. Next verse. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. What does that mean? You keep it right there, verse 4, Tristan. But what, what does that previous verse mean? Cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. Ask good questions. What kind of questions are you asking of life? What kind of questions are you presenting before the person of wisdom? You've got the complete source of all knowledge and all wisdom in the presence of Almighty God. What are we asking? Cry out for comprehension. Intercede for insight and understanding. Lord, help me to know the fullness of who it is that I am, the fullness of what it is of where I am, the fullness of who it is that is around me. Because in doing so, I'll be able to have a, be have, uh, uh, to have a greater sense of clarity of what's going on around me and what's going on with, with me and who's around me. So it keeps, it keeps my fo focal point. Keeps my focus, gives opportunity to be able to be clear and, and decisive as to where it is that, that I'm supposed to go. For if you keep seeking it, seeking, on, seeking understanding, seeking wisdom, seeking it like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places, uh, places for cherished treasure, next verse, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true Knowledge of God. 
In other words, we can say find, find the, the, the true most important. What it is that in, in that moment, in that season, God is looking at as what is most important. And if I'm seeking it like a man is looking for sterling silver, that's mean, that means I've got some sense of passion behind it. I don't come at this lazily. I don't come at this with, with an attitude like, like I'm doing God a favor or this is a waste of my time. If I don't look for it like I'm looking for something valuable, my attitude in itself short circuits me from finding what I claim I'm looking for. And see, that right there can be hidden from people. You can't hide that from God. If I have no passion for what it is that I'm going after, if I really don't care and I'm just doing it just to be doing it, I can fool people, but not God. This is a hard posture because you can, there can be people who are demonstrative and, and flamboyant, but in the core. You're not searching for anything. And so in this moment, to choose wisdom as is my internal world on the hunt. I know there's something more to life. I know there's something more to me. I know there's something more no matter where I live, what my job is, what my salary is, what, my, what position I hold. I know that there's something, there's something in me that continues to call me higher and call me further. And I'm going on the hunt. So I got to figure out what it is that keeps calling me and pulling me. And when you seek it, ask, you shall receive. Seek, shall find, knock, and it will be open to you. Then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Verse 6. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. Next verse. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers or to the righteous. Or in other words, you and me. He becomes, watch this, huh? So, so, the, Lord, so the Lord's got the storehouse of wisdom Waiting to be asked, requested for this to become. I just, I can't stand it. Do you, do you realize, do you realize that, that the, remember in, in our decorations where we say that, that we were, that, uh, that creative and innovative ideas will be made available to us? Do you realize that we're, that we're one ask away from that? It's in the storehouse. in the house he got a complete storehouse of wisdom we say that that we that we have uh, access to these creative and innovative ideas i am believing with everything that is within me that god is bringing from the storehouse of wisdom to you the creative and innovative idea that we ask him for because it's made accessible to his godly lovers. But then on top of that, after we get through asking, the Lord becomes the personal bodyguard as you choose, choose decisions, choices, the will, the soul, as you choose to follow his ways. 
Because in wisdom, he gives a command. And if I choose that command, I'm walking in wisdom. If I choose that way, I'm walking in wisdom. So if I cry for wisdom, I got to get ready for him to tell me to do something. <laughs> this is so practical. I love it. I love it. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you choose to follow his ways, as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Based off what? Remember, we laid that down in the beginning. The word. The word. Give me the next verse, please. I got a few more and I'm done. Then, so, so, so if that wasn't enough, then you would discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. Could, could it be laid out any more beautiful as to how you walk into your purpose, as to how you walk into your destiny, as to how you walk into the whole reason you have a birthday? the wisdom of God choose it meaning by default there's another option and the Lord is not going to force his hand on me to choose wisdom give me Proverbs 3 just let, let the wisest man who ever lived talk to us oh there's one more verse when wisdom wins your heart, I'm sorry, I, I, thought, I thought I was finished. Keep going. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, look at what happens for your soul. True pleasure enters your soul. When wisdom wins your heart. When I submit to living a lifestyle of wisdom. And wisdom has pace. Wisdom will slow me down. Wisdom will speed me up. But the whole point of it is I pick up the pace as I pick up the frequency on what's being said to me in the moment. Verse 11, if you choose to follow good counsel, I forgot about this one. If you choose to follow good counsel, look at this. Divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. Stay right here, Tristan. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you. Not God. It's not the Lord with a magnifying glass watching you in every decision that you make. No, the system that he built. Help me. The system that he built is, is designed to where when I make the choice to move and flow in wisdom, the system kicks in. And when I, when I choose to be disobedient to what the, the wise choice is, the system stops the flow. That's technology. Man wasn't the first to invent technology. That's auto right there. That's automatic. The, the, design, the divine design concerning your life, 
picks up on the frequency of my obedience or disobedience. Picks up on the frequency of whether I am doing what God said in the moment or I am not. When I am, the design kicks in and the blessing flows. When I'm not for my safety, not because God just don't want me to have anything, for my safety and the preservation of what it is that God has called me to, when I'm moving in disobedience, the design stops. To give me an opportunity to recalibrate and to gain a heart once again for his wisdom. To gain a value and appreciation for his wisdom. Remember, because if I don't treasure it, I can't acquire it. If I don't have a value for what he's saying, I can't acquire it. And I would dare say that there's somebody out there that is watching. You have this massive frustration with God, with church, with all things spiritual. And you feel like it is full of fluff. Can I ask you something? Are you obedient? Since you want to put God on trial, let, let me be a bit of a defense attorney on his behalf and just ask you one question. If you look at the series of decisions and choices that you've made up to this point, and if you were to look in the Word, would you find compatibility? Or would you find that there's some areas that you interjected what you thought was true? And you interjected what you thought was right in that moment. And it has not led to what's happening right now. You ain't got to answer. I can answer for you. Of course you have. Because we all have been in that moment. And we've all been in that time. But here we are being given a blueprint as to how that is corrected. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you and understand and protect you. For making poor choices. For making poor choices. Your life is, is the sum total of your decisions and choices. Whole life. You got to make them today. You got to make them tomorrow. But having, having access to a sense of understanding gives me a guard to where I make sure I'm protected from those poor choices. Give me, um, I think I have one more verse in that, Tristan. Verse 12, and then we'll move on. To the, to the next one. It will rescue you, the understanding, the, the protection, rescues you from evil in disguise and from those who speak duplicities. I just, I'm going to let that speak for itself. I'm not going to do that because I got to hit these others. Proverbs 3. I, I hope you all receive something from this. This one's been very practical, but it's been very rich and meaty. Uh, Proverbs 3. Let me, let me have that one. It should be 21 through 26. Yes, sir. I just wanted to read this because it was just a strong declaration. So I'm just going to read straight through. My child, never drift off course from these two goals for your life. One, to walk in wisdom. Two, discover discernment. Don't ever forget how they empower you. 22. For they strengthen you inside and out and inspire you to do What's right based off of what? Said it earlier, the word of God. You will be energized and refreshed by the healing they bring. 23. 
They give you living hope to guide you and not one, not one of life's tests will cause you to stumble. You'll sleep like a baby, safe and sound. Your rest will be sweet and secure. 25, you will not be subject to terror for it will not terrify you. Why? Because you have access to the spirit of wisdom. You have been given access to the secret knowledge. You know what's down the road. It's not something you're wondering or have a question mark about because I'm living a life of wisdom. I've been given access to the spirit of wisdom. I know what's coming down the road. What he promised. I'm not the subject of terror. I'm not being punked out like that. I'm not being terrified like that. I have wisdom. Not the subject of terror. It will not terrify you, nor will the disrespectful be able to push you aside. Next verse, 26. Because God is your confidence. What? In times of crisis, keeping your heart at rest in every situation. Play, play for me, Ryan. Get me out of here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Because if I keep going on this stuff with wisdom, I just, as y'all can see, this, this, is a, this is a soapbox of mine. There are, too many, there are too many brothers and sisters that, that I have had the privilege of meeting slap full of potential, but they are not wise. And because they're not wise, it hurts my heart to watch the gift have to go into dwarf mode, be stalled, be stifled. In some cases, going to decay because they just refuse to be wise. They can't identify what's most important in a moment. Got a young young brother I, I, I just met that lives close to us. And just watching him make wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision. And not too long ago, the police pulled up to his house, cuffed him, and took him away. I'm sitting here, sitting in the house, watching that happen, thinking about the potential that's in this young man. In this young brother got the chance to meet him and talk to him and could see it in his eyes. The Imago Day at work within him. Just needing access to wisdom. How many brothers and sisters are around you like that? How many of us are in this situation like that? I just need access to wisdom. It's not, it's not a difficult thing. It ain't like a, ain't a big thing that I need. Just get, get my decisions in course. And the revelation of the cross gives me the value system I need to be able to do that. Get, give me Proverbs 4, uh, Tristan. This is my last one. This is my last scripture. Proverbs 4, verse 7. I love how the Passion Translation says this. And then I got the uh, NIV translation as well. But this is first. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. So buy it. 
Revelation knowledge is what you need, so invest in it. Now give me NIV with this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get it. Get wisdom. Watch this. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Meaning what? You, th there's an exchange that you're going to have to make for this. You're going to have to exchange something for this. Wisdom's most valuable commodity, so you need to go buy it. That doesn't mean pull out money. You, you, don't, you don't purchase wisdom. What that means is there's an exchange that you're going to have to make. There's something you're going to have to let go of. There's something that's going to cost you. And, and listen to this. You're not going to always want to pay. But in order to be wise, and in order to flow in the fullness of who God has called me to be, I must be able to pay the cost. Watch, it might take all I got. But in return, I get him. You've been empowered to choose wisdom. And I am declaring over you that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and insight into the knowledge and fullness of who he is will be your portion and you will walk out these days from this day forward making the best decisions you have ever made. Some of them will make you feel like you've been blessed and some of them will bring tremendous pain but both of them you will flow in the wisdom of God and in flowing of the wisdom of God you will walk into your divine destiny as divine design is your protection and your guard leading you in the way you should go. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. There's something in you. There's something strong. There's something great. There's something of eternal value. There's something that heaven sent to be released in the earth. And we need you making wise decisions that it might be displayed that the kingdom will be able to go forth. But you must choose wisdom. You must choose wisdom. I feel the presence of God. Go ahead, stand to your feet, please. I'm on, I'm on this mission. If you would, lift your hands, please. We bless you. Father, whew, feel your presence. I thank you. I am asking God for the spirit of wisdom to rest upon us. Help us to decide and choose as you do. Lead us in the way that we ought to go. We acknowledge you. And as doing so, your word says that, that uh, our path would be made clear. You would direct it. You would give clarity. I am declaring mirror-like clarity over your people. Over the ne in the next steps that they need to take. As clear as if they were looking at themselves in a mirror. We thank you for that type of direction. We thank you for the protection of wisdom. We want to be a wise people want to flow in obedience and being able to choose what is right by way of our access to your wisdom by way of access to you we thank you for what it is that you've spoken over us May you bless us and keep us cause your face to shine upon us establish us give us peace cause us to walk in the fullness of wisdom that's been made available to us in jesus name somebody shout amen
Amen. Listen, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for logging on with us. We will see you next week. God bless you.